All right, we're going to start from the beginning. Repeat these words after me. Say, Father in heaven. Thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth. And I believe it. It is your personal love letter to me. And I receive it. It's the answer to my questions. And the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word in every situation, no matter what comes my way. Now, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I pray that I would only say what you would have me say and only do what you would have me do. We ask these things today in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, the Son of the living God, Jesus the Christ, and all who agreed said, Amen. And would you have a seat and open up your Bibles, please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. We are here today to get into the word of the Lord. The book that is sitting in your lap is not just any old book. The book that is sitting in your, in your lap has survived a number of things. You can tear the book up. You can burn it. You can have a bonfire and try to destroy every Bible, but you cannot destroy the word of God. Jesus said it would be easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one jot, one tittle, which means one stroke of the letter of the law, to fail. The book that's sitting in your lap right now, the one you're holding in your hands, cannot fail, even if you destroy the words written on that paper. God's word is sound, and it stands forever. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, are you there? If you're there, say, I got it. Let's read together. By faith, actually, I'm sorry, here we go. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, therefore we also, did I tell you where to go, by the way? Hebrews 12, 1? Okay. Same place we've been going the past three weeks. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God." Now, we started a couple weeks ago talking about making good choices. We started off this summer series talking about how to make wise decisions. But in the summertime, you know, you might find yourself making some good decisions, making some bad decisions. And what I really want to talk to you about, as I shared last week and the week before, is I talk to you about what you do when you fall down. You know, I sat in these black chairs just like you. I sat upstairs in the sanctuary. I've been saved for a long time, and I rededicated my life at 18 years old. I've known the Lord, walked with him for a long time now. This is not some new thing that I'm doing. And one of the things that I've realized is that one of the greatest things that we could teach you is teach you how to do it right, but then teach you what to do when you don't do it right. When you fall down on your face, how you get back up. And today I want to talk to you about running with endurance. You can be encouraged as you read the Bible to run this life, run it with faith, and run it with endurance. Back in Hebrews 12, verse 1, let's read that first part with me again. It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now a couple weeks ago, what did I say that cloud of witnesses was? Who did I say that cloud of witnesses was? Who did I say that was? What's that? 
Good. People who have run the race before us. Very good. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But what I didn't tell you is that in Hebrews 11, the chapter before the chapter we just read, it tells you about all those people who ran the race before us. Just look over Hebrews 11. We don't have time to read the whole thing today. But start off in verse 4 and just look at some of the names there. Some of the names you'll see are Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Rahab, Samson, Gideon, David, Samuel, and the list goes on. I want to tell you something this morning. That cloud of witnesses that has gone on before us are all the great men and women of faith who have lived their lives sold out for the Lord. And I I challenge you this week. Here's your homework. I'm giving you homework at the beginning of class this week. Your homework for this week is to read Hebrews 11. Write that down. Read Hebrews 11. Because as you read Hebrews 11, you're going to discover something interesting. Hebrews 11 tells us about Noah. Hebrews 11 tells us about Abraham, about Isaac, about Jacob. And if you don't know your Bible, you're going to think you're reading about perfect people. Because nowhere in Hebrews 11 does it tell you about the sins and the failures of all these people. When you read Hebrews 11, you're going to think, oh man, well obviously these people could win, win the race because they're perfect. No. The people in Hebrews 11, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, none of these people, Moses, they weren't perfect. And yet what I love, this is a secret I want to share with you. What I love about Hebrews 11 is that Hebrews 11 says that they were great men and great women of faith. And what I want you to know this morning is that Moses fell. Noah fell. Abraham fell. Let's just talk a little bit about how Noah fell. Does anyone know here one of the mistakes that Noah made when he came off of the ark? Noah got so drunk, he lost all of his clothes, and he was butt naked. Noah got so drunk. Listen, this is after the 40 days and 40 nights of God destroying the whole earth. Noah gets off the boat and gets Drunk, completely drunk. So much so that the Bible says that his nakedness was uncovered and one of his sons went to mock him and the other son went to help him get to where... Do you think that God appreciates when people get drunk? No, in fact, the scripture says, do not be drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Noah got a little bit tipsy. Noah got a little bit drunk when he got off the boat and he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. Let's talk about somebody else. Let's talk about Abraham. Abraham was a very interesting character. Twice he lied about his wife and almost lost his head to the king because he told the king that his wife was his sister because his wife was so beautiful. Abraham also went in, had sex with another woman that wasn't his wife so that he could try to produce the promise that God said he would bring about. See, Moses, well, Noah wasn't perfect. Abraham wasn't perfect. Moses. You guys know about Moses? What's one of the things you know about Moses? What did Moses do? He killed someone. What else did he do? One time God brought Noah, uh, Moses and the children of Israel to a rock. And God said, strike the rock. And he struck it. And the water flowed out. Another time God brought Moses to the rock. And God wasn't going to strike the rock this time. God was going to send the water out. But Moses 
disobeyed and decided to do it his own way. You see, what I want you to begin to see is we read about these patriarchs. We read about these great men and great women of faith, and we think, obviously, they, they could win this race because they're perfect. And if you don't know your Bible, you're going to think all these people you read about are perfect. And the truth is that I'm here to tell you this morning is they are not. And sometimes you sit out in those chairs and you look up at the person who's speaking. Or you sit out in a major sanctuary and you look at the pastor who's speaking. And you think, oh, he's so perfect, he doesn't even know what life is. No, what you don't understand is that everyone deals with life. I literally woke up this morning and chose to see myself the way that God sees me. Some mornings you wake up and you feel saved. Other mornings you wake up and you feel like you are the farthest away from God that you could ever be. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Has it ever happened to anyone? You had a dream last night and all of a sudden you feel like you are such a heathen. You haven't even sinned, right? You know what I'm talking about? But you had this dream that says, man, you are a failure. And that's the way that the enemy works. He wants to work on you in the midnight hour. He wants to work on you while you're sleeping and saying you're not good enough. And then you go to the scripture and you say, well, how can I even measure up? These people were not perfect. But the one thing that these people did was they set their sights on the Lord. And they refused to see themselves the way that the enemy saw them. And I want to encourage you in the summertime. The summertime is a perfect time because you could spend more time with God. But the summertime is also a very dangerous time, isn't it? Because you could spend a lot less time with God and you end up going back to school less prepared, not just for school, but less prepared in your walk with God. And you're wondering, why am I dealing with all these issues? Why am I dealing with all these struggles? We have to take the time to begin to see ourselves the way that God sees us. So Hebrews 12, 1 says, these great witnesses these great people of faith. What I love about God is God says, even though you have sinned and fallen short, I'm not going to count it against you. Where is Hebrews found? In the Old or the New Testament? New Testament. The New Testament basically means a new covenant. Do you know that Hebrews 11 does not talk about the sin of these people? Because God chooses to see them in light of his perfection and his righteousness, not in light of their sin. You want to find their sin? you got to go back to the Old Testament, and you have to go back to the Old Covenant. Well, what does that mean this morning? That means that the book that's being written about you right now in heaven is not written if you're in Christ. If you're in Jesus Christ and you're a son or a daughter of God, then the book that's being written about you right now in heaven is not written with sin, failure, sin, failure. No, 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 no. Every time the sin gets written down, Jesus comes over and wipes that out and strikes that out with his blood. And I want to show you a scripture that's going to blow your mind this morning. Go back to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the major prophets found just after the book of um, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Just after the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll find Isaiah. Let me get back there. Isaiah, I want you to go to chapter 43. Chapter 43 of the book of Isaiah, verse 25. When you get there, say, I got it. Isaiah 43, verse 25 Let's read it together. It says, I, now I want to tell you, God is speaking here. God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgression, which means your failure, your sin, you're missing the mark, for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. 
I blot out your transgression, and I will not remember your sins. Do you know why the book of Hebrews does not record the sin of these great men of faith? It only says what they did right. It's because God blotted out their transgression, and he didn't remember their sin anymore. And so the book that's being written in your name right now in heaven, because the Bible tells us in Psalm 139 that before you ever lived, God wrote down every single day of your life before one of them ever came to be. And what's great about that is Hebrews shows us that God is not recording your sin. In fact, the Psalms tells us that God does not impute iniquity to you. Do you know what that word impute means? Take a guess. God does not impute iniquity to you. Come on, give me your best guess. What do you think that means? Come on. What do you think? Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity is the way that the scripture goes. What do you think? What do you think it means? Okay, I'm going to tell you what it means. Are you ready for this? It means to charge to your account. God does not charge your sin to your account. How many of you have a credit card at this young age? Okay, or you know what a credit card does? What does a credit card do? Yes, very good. You're following me now. (laughs) Charge, Mr. Kurt, just hurry up. Yeah, a credit card will charge something and you pay for it later. Well, every time we sin, our sin, if we're born again, if we're children of God, our sin does not get charged to our account. Our sin gets charged to the account of the Lord Jesus Christ. And do you know where Jesus Christ put his account? He put his account up there on the cross and he paid for sin in full. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not charge sin to his account. God knows that you have messed up and he knows that I've messed up and he knows that we've missed the mark but he loved us so much that he didn't charge us for that sin he charged his son and nailed his son to the cross blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity to whom the Lord does not charge sin to your account but that benefit is only for those people who are in Christ and this morning you might be here and you might not be in Christ which means you've never surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus this is not a religion religion works from the You know how I say all the time, religion works from the? Religion works from the outside in. It tries to make you a better person. But Jesus comes in and works from the? Inside out. And he changes your heart. Listen, everyone who's ever raised a kid or trained a dog knows, you can't change the behavior and expect to get the best results. You have to change the heart attitude if you want to get the best results. And so God comes in by the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit and changes our heart. But Buddha can't do that. Muhammad can't do that. Krishna can't do that. Scientology and every other religion out there can't do that. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Go back to the book of Hebrews. This is one of my favorite parts. Same chapter we read, Hebrews 12, verse 1. This is one of my favorite parts. Go to verse 2. How can you win this race? How can you win the race? The first way is to be encouraged by the people who have gone on before you, knowing that God hasn't charged sin to their account. The second way to win this race is the ultimate way to win this race, and that's found in verse 2. By looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. That word author means originator. Everyone say originator. And that word finisher means perfecter. What that scripture is telling us 
is that Jesus is the very reason we can have faith in God. And because Jesus is the reason we can have faith in God, then Jesus, who has begun the faith, who has begun the work in us, will be faithful to complete it and perfect it in our hearts. You see, religion says you got to work as hard as you can. you got to change your behavior. you got to come up a different person. But Jesus, because he's the originator, because he's the perfecter, he does it by his own power. He comes in and changes your heart. And because he changes your heart, your behavior changes. How many of you know when you first got saved, you felt something that changed in you? Or when you first rededicated your life? Or many of you, how many of you have seen a friend who got saved and they are just totally a different person? Anyone seen that at all? Are they, are they trying to be a different person? Are they working? No, what happens? God, by the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, changes their heart because he's the one that created the faith and he's the one that perfects it. And if you go back to the book of Philippians, go with me back to the book of Philippians, please. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 1. And I want you to see this with your own eyes this morning. Verse 6. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. If you're there, say, I got it. Paul is writing here to the church at Philippi, and this is what he says. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That word complete is the same word perfect. That word complete is to perfect what concerns you. Jesus began the work and he will finish it. The problem is sometimes we miss the mark. We sin and we fall short. And every time you sin, you have two options. You either choose to seek God's forgiveness and accept that he's forgiven you, Or you choose to dwell and meditate on the fact that you failed. And as a result, you become even more of a failure. It is so important that you realize that the great fathers and mothers of our faith are not and were not perfect people. And if you don't believe me, you can go back to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and Judges, and read all about it. In the the chapter of Hebrews 11 that we read, it says that Samson, it was accounted to him for faithfulness. Samson... You guys remember the story of Samson? You know, he married a woman that he wasn't supposed to marry, and she ended up tricking him and deceiving him. I mean, he lost his eyeballs. He had to do all these crazy things. He lost his strength, and yet it was accounted to him for righteousness and faith. You are not a failure. I'm going to tell you again. You can be as annoyed as you want to by hearing it as much, but you are not a failure when you fall down. You're only a failure when you fall down. And refuse to get back up. Why are we spending so much time going over this? Because this is how the enemy destroys people. This is how the enemy destroys people. You look at somebody who's in the pulpit. You look at a pastor. You look at a preacher. You read the Bible. You read about Abraham, Moses, and Noah. And you say, oh, well, it was easy for them. God spoke to them and they were perfect. No, it wasn't. God spoke to them and they had to obey. And they didn't always obey. And I want to encourage you this morning. If you've fallen down, you need to get back up. You need to get back up and you need to go at it again because God is in you. And Jesus has begun the work of faith in you and he is faithful to perfect it until the day that he returns. 
why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. And let's pray this morning. Let's commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness that you showed us through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word that's gone forth today, Father. And I thank you that because your word has gone forth, you said that you would draw all unto you. And so, Father, as you draw every heart, as you challenge and encourage, as you empower, would you just remind us this morning that you are for us and you are not against us. Lord, I know how much this generation has been beaten down, has been discouraged. People have told them that they are worthless, that they are failures. But God, you look at this generation and you say that they are a royal priesthood, that they are a holy nation, that they are your own special people set apart for your purpose. And the purpose is that they might proclaim the praises of you who has called them out of darkness into into your marvelous light. And so, Father, would you lay that on every heart here? Would you pour that out on every heart here? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As we continue to pray, I want to give you an opportunity today to let go of some things that have really been messing with you. Hebrews 12 says, lay aside all the weight and all the sin that easily ensnares you. Listen, sometimes you sin and you sin big and I sin and I sin big, but that doesn't make us a sinner. That doesn't make us, if you're born again, You have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you need to let go of that power of sin in your life. The day that you were born again, sin was no longer your master. Jesus now became your master. But you have to let him work in you. And if you're here and you just need to let go of some things in your life, I just want to ask you just to stand up, just right where you are. Say, I just need to let go of whatever it is that's holding me back, some of the weights and some of the sins. And I just need God to strengthen me and equip me for what I need to do. Thank you, Father. You might be here today, and maybe this is the first time that you heard that Jesus literally took your sin upon himself and God nailed it to the cross. I'm going to hold off on a minute. Hold off on that for a minute as we continue to pray. The time has come right now to lay aside every weight. And sometimes a weight that you're feeling is a weight of regret, is a weight of fear, which says you can't do it anymore because you have failed too big. And again, I want to give you an opportunity to let that go by standing to your feet. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray right now and thank you right now that you continue to move by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would strengthen and encourage and empower and remind us that we are not our own, that we've been bought with a price, and that price is the precious blood of Jesus. And there is no sin that is too great for that blood to conquer. So just lift your hands right now where you are, standing at your feet, and say, I receive. I receive my forgiveness. I receive what you've done for me. I receive. I receive. I receive. Hallelujah. Thank you. I receive. As we continue to pray this morning, I have to tell you the truth. The truth is that one day every single one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
And while that may not be an exciting idea, it can be an exciting idea if you know what he's going to say to you. Every other great religious leader has been dead, and it is a grave somewhere. There is no one else like Jesus who has been raised from the dead. And today the Bible tells us he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And when you stand before God, he's going to ask you what you did with the life that he gave you. And will you be ready to tell him, did you receive his son? God gives everyone an opportunity. I don't know how, but he does. He gives everyone an opportunity here on this earth to receive what he's done through Jesus. And you might be here today and you might say, this is my day. I've heard that Jesus paid for my sin and I want to receive his forgiveness and I want to become a child of God. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you are? You say, okay, but maybe that's not me. Maybe I already did this, but I'm a backslider. What does that mean? That means that I knew this and I, I made that decision, but to, I've run away and I want to come back home. Good. Anyone else? If you were standing for the other thing, you can go ahead and sit down. Anyone else today? Backslider, I want to encourage you to come back home. Somebody who needs salvation, I want to encourage you to receive what God has done for you through the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. If you raised your hand or wanted to raise your hand, as our friends in this room continue to pray, I want to ask you, if you raised your hand or wanted to raise your hand, would you just be bold enough to come up here and join me? Because I want to introduce you to my best friend, who is Jesus the Christ. He saved my life when I was eight years old and redeemed me again when I was 18 years old. And I've never been the same. And if you want that, just come and join me right now. You've already made the major step. You raised your hand. Now come, come and join me. Come and join me today. give you one more opportunity as our friends in this room continue to pray if you want to receive what he has done for you then come come join me and let's pray together I'm not going to embarrass you I'm just here to introduce you to my friend hallelujah father I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing and I thank you for continuing to pour out your spirit as you promised upon everyone in Jesus' name, amen. 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 God is so good. I want to just encourage you and invite you to stand to your feet and just come up here as we close by worshiping our Lord and Savior.